Think Again with Borderlands Cooperative. Join us for critical conversations about things that matter. Every Friday at 10am on 3CR Community Radio. 855am on your dial. And on 3CR Digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. So together, let's think again about important matters affecting us, like economics, politics, education, health, climate, and what we can do about it all. Welcome to Think Again, presented to you by Borderlands Cooperative, an organization that has been dedicated to social change for over 20 years. I'm Jacques Boulet. And I'm Jennifer Burrell. Today we're talking about psychopathic behavior and power and how psychopathic behavior is encouraged and rewarded in our society. Mm. So why are our political leaders talking like leaders of military dictatorships in jackboots? Home Affairs Minister Peter Dutton wants climate change protesters to be named and shamed and have their welfare payments stopped. He encourages community members to spy on each other and vilify each other. So he said, people should take these names and the photos of these people and distribute them as far and wide as they can so that we shame these people. Let their families know what you think of their behaviour. So, what? This, this kind of talk is really shocking in Australia today. This divisive approach has been used to consolidate power by quite a few oppressive regimes in history, including East Germany under communist rule, Hitler's Germany and Mao Zedong's urges for children to dob in their parents. At a recent forum uh, on single mothers and with single mothers, our Minister for Social Social Services and Families, Anne Rustin, was asked about rising, raising the level of new start. This is what she said. We can't just keep on adding money to this bucket because we're not making a difference. Giving people more money would do absolutely nothing, she said. Probably all it would do is give drug dealers more money and give pubs more money. And the federal government has quite a few heartless, out-of-touch policies as well. Well, yes, refusing to raise New Start and similar Centrelink payments like Youth Allowance to a level that covers the basic costs of living. This leading to tens of thousands of people mostly who are trying their best to stay on their feet and often support others, living in dire poverty and misery, mm. many forced into homelessness and dependent on charities for food. And that's no exaggeration, and it's happening to thousands of people. Leaving asylum, asylum seekers and refugees to languish in misery in offshore detention in what are pretty much prison sentences without trial and without having committed a crime. This is held up as an example to discourage others in similar situations coming to Australia by vote, and it has now been imitated in many countries in Europe. Imagine if we took this principle to our classrooms. Yeah. For example, have the teacher torture or publicly vilify innocent students with, or put them again, as we did in the past, in a corner with, uh, uh, with, with long ears, that kind of stuff. Uh, have, you know, it, it's just with the justification that it will act as a deterrent to other students. Mm. Taking the Sri Lankan family from their home in Belola, 
Bilola, sorry, Queensland, and placing them in immigration detention in Melbourne, then flying them to Christmas Island, despite the entreaties of what had become their community for them to be allowed to stay, and despite the trauma for the family and for the children. There's no fellow feeling in this government's approach. These people are just pieces on a chessboard. Needless to say, nurturing healthy human relationships is not even on the agenda. And our advertising Prime Minister really hit top spot for me, in my view. During a debate in Parliament about raising the New Start payment, uh, our PM pseudo-response to a question. He said that his government would not do it. That means raise the payment. Because, unlike the opposition, he said, the government was not on to go and engage in what he called unfunded Unfunded empathy. empathy. Can you imagine unfunded Mm. empathy? That's probably the best metaphor to describe in shorthand what liberal welfare, neoliberal welfare is meant to be looking like and where the priorities Mm. of the governing clique lie. Mm. And the list goes on. Yes, and I've never heard empathy demonised totally. before. It's usually a virtue. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, so the utter brutality and callousness being expressed by our federal leaders got us thinking about what it means <coughs> excuse me, to be a psychopath. A researcher in criminal psychology, Dr Hare and his colleagues, developed the psychopathy checklist. Your score indicates where you are on a continu- continuum of psychopathology. So listen to this. Some of the main hallmarks of being a psychopath are a lack of ability to empathise with other people. I guess that means either funded or unfunded. unfunded. Mm. So lack of ability to empathise. Superficial charm. Narcissism or grandiose ideas of your own ability. Manipulation of others to meet your own ends. And... Lack of conscience, remorse or guilt, given the fallout for other people. So we're wondering, do those characteristics resonate a bit with what we're talking about? Mm. So anyway, a few books have come out in recent years exploring why people with this type of personality or orientation are overrepresented in positions of power and leadership in our society. It's certainly a scary thought. One such book is called Working with Monsters by John Clark. Another is The Psychopath Test by John Ronson. From our observations and experience and from talking with lots of other people, we believe that our current system in different ways encourages and rewards people with psychopathic characteristics. Firstly, there is what they call systemic distancing. That means that people's actions are removed from the effects of their actions. Mm -hmm. The late Sigmund Bauman, another sociologist who has written widely about the zeitgeist, gives the example of a plane dropping bombs and killing people on the ground. It is hard for human beings to kill another human being standing in front of them, even if it happens. uh, It's relatively rare in everyday life, but it it still happens quite too many times. And military personnel, however, need to be trained to do it. They are even systematically and electronically distracted from it when they shoot from tanks or from the air, where you don't really see the effects of what you do. Remember the story of the pilot who dropped the atomic bomb in Hiroshima more than mm. 70 years ago? So what happened there? He, well, he ended up himself 
in a psychiatric institution. Mm. Uh, it's quite interesting. So another example of uh, systemic distancing would be people designing poker machine games that induce uncontrolled and addicted gambling, leading to mm-hmm. thousands, again, of people losing their life savings, um, marriage and relationship breakdowns, suicides and a great many other tragedies and damaging effects. And I guess the politicians deciding to keep these machines legal are another example of systemic distancing leading to psychopathic behaviour. Not even to talk of those who make tons and tons of money out of it. So for something more inspiring, we'll go now to Blind Joe's Creek by Kutcher Edwards. Connect with your local community and do something rewarding? Well, volunteering to lead a neighbourly ride could be exactly what you're after. The short 40-minute group rides are for all ages and ride levels. Help people build their confidence, feel supported while safely exploring the local areas of Brunswick, Carlton, Fitzroy and Northcote by bike. Volunteers receive free ride leader training, 
So go to neighbourlyride.com to contact us about volunteering. A 3CR supporter. You're listening to Think Again, 3CR 855 AM on your dial, 3CR digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. Today we're talking about psychopathic behaviour and power and how psychopathic behaviour is encouraged and rewarded seemingly in our society. Mm, Rather alarmingly, in working with monsters, John Clark describes how people with psychopathic characteristics rise to the top. They're typically motivated by money and especially power over other people rather than hands-on frontline work. So they're drawn to management, which systematically distances them from the people they deal with as administrators, managers or policy makers. They're also good at manipulating other people and creating conflict for their own ends. They are canny when working out who they need to impress and get close to or seemingly befriend on their way up. As they have superficial charm and grandiose ideas about their own abilities, they do very well at interviews. And one would guess in any situation where they need to impress other people in a short period of time. As they have no conscience or remorse, or they've successfully managed to get their conscience under control, they're not impeded by the need to act ethically or by guilt when they have treated others badly um, to raise their own status or power. And given the pyramid shape of management in most organisations, particularly the big ones, with fewer at the top, the closer to the top you get, the less likely they are to be detected. Of of course, this last point doesn't apply to politics really, as what they are saying and doing is highly visible or publicly in the open via media and other channels. Still, Still, the thing is the closer you get to the top, the more this type of behaviour seems to be permissible. Mm. Yes, um, well, with talking about politicians, it was nice to see a lot of people calling out the Minister for Social Services for having the gall to suggest that people on Newstart would only use a raise in their benefit to spend on drugs and gambling uh, rather than food, housing and bills, for example. Of course, that is also fodder for other stations than 3CR to (laughs) spread these kinds of things widely to their audiences. Mm But a further element in this sociopathic set of attitudes, behaviours and relational practices is the immense outbreak and impositions of self-centeredness, narcissism and unashamed egoism in what we would call our culture. Indeed, the me-first phenomenon and the spreading idea that it is okay to be greedy, selfish and to even bully those who come in your way or who are less powerful than you than you, uh, or, or, or who want to be uh, powerful, such things are really rampant in our cultures now and practice nowadays. Mm-hmm. A lot of important books have been written about this, in addition to Bauman, we already have been talking about. There's the Belgian psychiatrist and academic Paul Verhager. He wrote a book called What About Me? Question mark. The Struggle for Identity in a market-based society. That's a good title. Uh, He makes this point based on his psychotherapeutic practice. He investigates the effects of 30 years of acceptance of neoliberalism, free market forces and privatization. 
He also looks at what he calls our engineered society and how that relates with our individual identities. The world and the lives of selfies, of the likes, of the followers, all the kinds of stuff we do in the social media, they are actually really emphasizing Mm -hmm. that selfishness and self-centeredness. It's a really powerful book. It's published in Australia by Scribe. Well, I suppose the point is those characteristics have been valorized mm-hmm, totally. they're what we value exactly. and they're what we want people to value totally and there's another Australian author and man who wrote a couple of years ago The Life of I The Life mm. of I uh, mm. published by Melbourne University Press some of the chapter titles she has been r- using they are exceedingly eloquent in the first part where she tries to understand and present the phenomenon the phenom- phenomenon, phenomenon. <laughs> yeah. uh, she, she has a, tit- uh, a chapter titled The Roots of Empathy where she actually analyzes that really for us as humans empathy belongs to our very nature and without empathy we would not even as a species have survived for the, all the th- several hundred thousand of years so we it, have indeed survived so it's not just a virtue it's essential and a need for survival and our existence really to cooperate, to care for one another and care for that what surrounds us mm-hmm. she then juxtaposes it in her later chapters with, books, with chapters called Others Exist for, for Me, me. <laughs> another one because I'm worth it and you probably will remember that from a lot of advertising for beauty products and things like that and the care deficit is another chapter title, finally her last uh, chapter is Narcissism and the commons where she very clearly shows how narcissism erodes community. Yeah, I think it's really interesting, those last two, the care deficit and narcissism, they're two characteristics of Mm. being a Mm -hmm. psychopath. Absolutely, totally, exactly. Both of the books I just mentioned are very well supported by research and by the author's experience in their own practice and both are pointing to the urgent need for a, revi- a, re- a revival of <laughs> ethics and the, the, of the importance of reciprocity and indeed for a revival of care and honesty interestingly and man spends a substantial part of a chapter trying to understand and explain the Lance Armstrong phenomenon. You remember the US cyclist champion who won the Tour de France, whatever, 20 times or so, but who had successfully had uh, hid the prohibited substances and enhances he took for years and which made that possible. And she very clearly links this to the persistent call for individual success and for the needed aspirations to be the best in our competitive culture. Mm, yeah, the phrase, whatever it takes, comes to mind. Absolutely. From October the 28th to the 31st, some of the worst climate criminals will be gathering for the International Mining Conference, IMARC, at the Melbourne Convention Centre. Blockade IMARC is an activist alliance committed to putting a stop to the mass destruction caused by extractive industries across the globe and the harm they cause to communities and ecosystems. We need your help to be part of this blockade. Find out how at blockadeimark.com or check out our Facebook page, Blockade IMARC, a 3CR supporter. to think again 
3CR 855am on your dial, 3CR digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. We're talking about psycho- psychopath and psychopathy, or psychopathy, and the values that are encouraged and rewarded in our society, and, and we try to bring those together. And the ones that aren't encouraged mm, and mm, rewarded. So, exactly. Briefly returning to politics, the authors we have mentioned in this program before and also in this program offer many examples of how an attitudinal set of characteristics like narcissism, egoism, self-interest have penetrated the language of politics and economics. And if it has penetrated the language, it, is, it must mean that it is also part of the thoughts of our way of doing things, of relating with one another. Mm-hmm. How politics, therefore, has been degraded to a blunt exchange of superficial advertising points appealing to the basest instincts of us humans. And we don't need to go any further than the recent Australian federal election. I would say that pork, pork barreling is by far too pleasant a word to describe the goings-on there, given the persistent appeals to self-interest and the denial of the importance of the common good, from the economic to the political to the ecological and the state of our environment, and especially the latter. Mm-hmm. If we would have time in this program, we could also go into the ways in which the rhetoric of our politicians has developed an entire set of avoidance and negation tactics. And they use these things so that they don't, that they do not have to talk and go into any depth in debates of public discussions. When you look at mm. the way the Senate and the, and the House of Representatives, those, they are just no debates. Yeah. They're shouting at one another. And no wonder people have become so cynical mm. when yeah. they can almost design yeah. the, re- the media points Absolutely. that people have, yeah. that the yeah. politicians have been given to, Absolutely. to talk to. Yeah. So, for example, if you just have someone who comes up with trying to appeal to social compassion, decency, or social justice, just call that person politically correct. And there's no further need to even listen to what that person has to say. So compassion and justice, they become politically correct. Ethics becomes politically correct, and then easily further side-brushed by the sentences we started this program with. Mm. No welfare because they would just spend them on drugs anyway, mm. or unfunded sympathy. Yeah. And, and the term politically correct, how, I think there's a cynicism underlying it as well. That's right. Because what it's more than implying is that you cannot really care about other people. That's right. You cannot really care about other people. You're calling out racism and sexism and um, oppression of people and welfare, but you can't really mean that. Mm. So there's a very cynical idea underneath it that you must be just self-interested in thinking of Mm. yourself to be saying those things. Totally, because if you just think about the words we said, unfunded sympathy, why was it not the case that someone then called Morrison or any of these people out and called that politically correct. Mm. So it means that politically correct is used Mm. in one way Mm. to refer to a set of values and characteristics which we would call, certainly sitting in 3CR, positive. Mm. But it's not used for the kinds of usual language of economics and politics as we use it today. Which is in the mainstream discourse. Exactly. Totally. Absolutely. So, 
As we suggested, psychopaths ruled the roost, aided and abetted by the system in a variety of ways, which we are trying to unpick and make more transparent here in this program. We could call this a system organised egoism, I guess. Mm -hmm. It cannot possibly Mm. offer any assurance of a possibility of survival of humankind facing the great ecological challenges of our time. Which is where, as we said before, and with Anne Mann, where the kind of attitudes we need there are really so much more to do with compassion, with care, with relationality and all of those kinds of things. And as you will notice, we haven't even mentioned Trump. Mm, (laughs) Indeed, there's enough rotten stuff happening in our own backyard which Mm. we need to address. So, on that note, too quickly the program's coming to an end once more. Um, but on that note, we go back to the theme of our very first program about relationality. And all following programs in some way, we only exist as human beings in a dynamic network of relationality with each other and with our surrounding world and the natural environment. It is mutual care and cooperation that leads to well-being and thriving, not competition, where we reward the most thuggish, psychopathic behaviour with power, money, recognition, etc. So let's continue to consciously explore ways of rewarding mutual care in the systems we set up and which we're Mm. part of. Mm -hmm. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.